Hello and welcome to another episode of Talking Circle, a podcast sponsored by Echota Behavioral Health. I am here at Echota in Tahlequah, Oklahoma with Jimmy Fite, the director of Echota Behavioral Health. Hi, Jimmy. How are you? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I am doing fantastic. Um, but all is not well in America or the world right now. Well, we, I tell you, it's not. We have had some issues uh, recently in America, and it's caused a lot of anxiety among the people. Uh, new presidential administration coming in. There's a lot of fear on both sides of the aisle. Um, some things happen that don't normally happen in America, and social media, it seems, has a lot to do with throwing the gasoline on the flames of that fire, doesn't it? Oh my goodness, yes, yes, and just seeing like the pictures and the fear and, you know, even um, deploying um, all the, the troops in the capital and stuff like that, I mean, it made it uh, part of you feel safe, but another part of you felt fear because that many troops on, you know, to didn't know what was going to happen, just the anxiety and the, and the stress of what's going to happen in America and in our, in our home country. Um, puts a lot of fear in, in people and only seeing parts of the stories on social media and, you know, people only pick what they want to pick to, to, to post, you know? Well, I know it's really strange and I know there's been a lot of different uh, advisors that have told people get off of social media for a week mm -hmm. just because of the fear tactics. Um, you have one side of the aisle that is saying that, you know, the, the country's going to fail. You've got another side of the aisle that while they're excited, they're almost taking revenge mm -hmm. for the things that's happened the past several years. Mm -hmm. And um, it really has caused a lot of anxiety and depression in people. It has. And, and you know, in the long-term effects of that, you know, is, is, is one-time bullying can be a traumatic event in, in anybody's life, in a child's life. And, and it has such, um, you know, effects on your physical being, your psychological, your the academics, you know, and how it can affect the academics. But, you know, in children, that's that's their life right now, especially during this COVID-19, is, you know, they're all about social media. That's their way of connecting with everybody through TikTok, Snapchat, um, Facebook, which I don't think kids do, but, you know, older people are more Facebook and Instagram. But, you know, these kids are also seeing this effect on them and stuff like that. And it's, it's um, you know, they don't know what's going to happen to them. They don't know what their future holds. Well, it's really interesting that you say that because, I mean, <clears throat> let's just look at human beings themselves. Overall, human beings are very social creatures. And thus we have social media mm -hmm. where it's supposed to be a place where we can share ideas. And it's really turned into a lot of people are fearful to state their own opinion. Mm -hmm. um, and it kind of goes into just more than that, though. Uh, we see, and this has been happening in media, I think, a lot over the past several years, but with social media, it seems to advance and the pace has gotten more rapid. But the appearance, people, they don't feel like they're good enough or they look good enough or they sound good enough. Mm -hmm. So they kind of retreat to their computer screens because mm -hmm. they can kind of hide behind that screen now. Yeah, they try to hide behind it, but at the same time, they're picked apart behind it. It's affecting their interpersonal being. Um, you know, you, you see that, you know, even though through relationships and stuff, people that you've went to school with forever and, um, you know, especially I've seen a division, you know, because they may be posting um, 
one thing and the other person, you know, is, is taking it, they're being racist towards them. And it's, it's causing so much conflict. And so, yeah, they do hide behind it to, and they try to bring themselves up, but they also hide behind it sometimes, I think, to bully other people. And sometimes they hide behind it because they, they fear of uh, putting themselves out up front. But at the same time, it's um, also a tool to, to hurt others. Well, the cyberbullying is uh, something that's really gotten, and that's really affected our teenage population, mm -hmm. in fact. Uh, I think a study showed that about, the study said 10% of the teens report being bullied on social media, but I, I'm really shocked that the study would show that it was that low. I, I assume it's much, much higher than that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. I, you know, it's probably a lot of unreported cases, too, of cyberbullying. You know, and... and no one wants to be uh, censored or anything like that, but there is there is words that, um, you know, and, and I see it on Facebook all the time. I'm in Facebook jail. I'm in Facebook jail. And, you know, <clears throat> being censored to a little bit is, is not a bad thing. And, it, and I know he was getting ready to probably, what is she talking about? We have freedom of speech. Absolutely we do, but not at a cost of costing someone their life. I think that's so true. Being a journalist, uh, and my background, I talk about the First Amendment's freedom of speech a lot. And yes, we do have freedom of speech, but there's still limits on that, of things mm -hmm. we can do. And mm -hmm. I, the common one that's used all the time is, well, you can't run into a crowded theater and yell fire. And that's true. Mm -hmm. But it's so important, and I think it's really important for people to understand, yes, in America, we're lucky enough to have freedom of speech, mm -hmm. but that does not mean we're free from the consequences that comes from what we say. That's, that's true. There, there's a big difference there. And, and we're seeing that right now, even with, you know, the president, the uh, former president, you know, um, some say he incited that uh, the, on January 6th, he incited all that. Some people say he doesn't. I don't know. I'm not the judge to be judging that. But just for an example, I mean, that words alone to to some, I mean, maybe he did not mean to to um, have them all run into the Capitol building and, and storm it like he did. Maybe he didn't. I don't know. I'm not in his brain. But just those words alone, people took their took that and they ran with that. Who was there? Um, some people, and I'm not here to debate, you know, if it was in TV or if it was like, on, I, I don't know. I was not there. I'm just saying that words, you never know what words that you say can incite something. Well, and it's so interesting, too, because I've watched very close friends of mine on both sides of the aisle get into bitter debates on social media about that very issue. You know, did the former president incite it? Did he not? Uh, was it? There's all kinds of thoughts out there. And like you, I was not there. I did not listen to the speech. I, I am not in a position to be able to be a judge on this because I did not have any way to the facts. And I think if a lot of people would just step back and realize maybe they don't have all the facts either, mm -hmm. and let's just move on. But one of the things that I think is so interesting is if we could look inwards at ourselves and see what we can do to change, mm -hmm. and that changes our home, which then changes our community, that's mm -hmm. the only way our nation's going to grow. Well, adults need to start watching what they say. I mean, you know, as adults, they sit there and they bash this or they bash that, and, they, and they're so openly, and it's their home, so they get freedom of, to raise their children how they want. They get freedom to be able to say what they want to. But their children are, their children are going back to school. And so if you have, you know, if you use slur words and you use uh, derogatory words about other people within your own home, your child's going to go to school and they're going to be using those same words. They're going to be spouting it out and you see it all the time. And then that creates a, a, a generational of, of hate. 
And you know, we're not, we don't want to roll back to the to the 50s and the 40s, and, and you know, during the times where people are separated, we want to bring uh, unity back together, and people just love and respect one another. Your beliefs are their beliefs, but don't push yours on others. You know. I think that's really true. Uh, you know, you and I, I won't say we're middle-aged, but I'll say we're young with a lot of experience. Yes, I, lo- I like that? the young with you a lot like of experience. That? We're just experienced. Yeah, we're young with a lot of experience, but when we were in school, you and I and our age group, there were things said in our homes that weren't appropriate, mm-hmm. but the things that were said were really kept within the home. They weren't out mm-hmm. on the internet because the internet didn't exist. Mm-hmm. And we knew not to say those things at school, and if we did, there'd be the consequences to pay for that speech. Uh-huh. Yeah, you see it all the time. Well, you know, and when you say that, especially like cussing in school, you know, and, and I have little grandkids, and I'm we're not perfect, you know, in our homes or anything like that, but we're bad to say the 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 ass word, and um, he'll go around and he'll 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 say it, and he said it at school. Well, okay, you can't be saying that in school. You know, they look at you like, but you're saying it here at home, you know. But after a time of being it, you know, we know what we can say outside the home and what we can. But when you have parenting that's just like free for all, we don't care. My kids can say what they want to say. They have the right to say, yeah, they do, but not at the expense of pushing someone else over the edge. And you never know whenever that person could be having a bum day, could be, don't you don't know what happened in their home or what happened, what they're living through. And that other child or that other adult, bullying another adult says something but that's just a final straw you know and how can you live with yourself knowing you put the, the nail in the coffin so to speak um we're, we're losing humanity we're losing we're losing morals and values of love we know nothing's it, I, to me I, you know we see i see so much hate and we gotta we gotta slow down and, and we need to start looking at others and, and the love that we can give to other people i i can really appreciate that and i know I was really fortunate to be brought up in a home that was very loving mm-hmm. and kind, and everybody was taught respect. It didn't matter what your skin color was. It didn't matter mm-hmm. if you were male, female. It didn't matter. You know, you, you respected everybody. Mm-hmm. And it's so interesting because I kind of consider myself a moderate. I, you know, I ride pretty much straight down the middle on everything. But um, some of my friends on one side of the aisle who are very far on one side, they'll be really shocked that I can be really good friends with someone who's African American and gay. Mm-hmm. Or the friends on the other side of the aisle can be really shocked that I will be really good friends with someone who is an avid gun owner mm-hmm. and fights for those rights. Mm-hmm. And I think we need to step back and look at where each individual is coming from and accept everybody. Well, look, and you, and you said it right there. You, you were talking about one side of the aisle to the other side of the aisle. And that's how, you know, growing up, when you and I were growing up, yes, we had our Democrats, we had our, our Republicans, we had our independents and stuff like that. But it was set it, as a democracy that everybody, even whatever side of the aisle you were on, you know, they battled it out with respect more so than what they do today. Today, it's like even the people that we put in office have no respect for the other ones or, or not. I mean, you know, they're so about their cause that they don't care who they destroy in the process. You know, it's my way and my way of thought, and it's no one else's way of thought, you know. And 
both of them need to come together because it tri the trickling down effect. You know, it, it trickles down. And just like in a parents, like we were talking about with children, it, the behavior trickles down to your children and on and on generation to generation. Our elected officials also need to sit and think, you know what, I'm creating a trickling effect of my behavior and what I'm setting. And I think that's the same thing with the former president. You know, what was he setting? What was his behaviors and his trickling down? What what led to that? Even maybe even the current one or once before that and before that. I'm not just thinking on one person. I'm just saying that seems to be the topic, the hot topic. And I'm not going to, you know, walk on eggshells either by how I feel. But um, that, you know, we have, especially when you're in a power, power position or in a, in a position that others can, can trickle down. So what is that position? You know, that position's anything that touches another person. I think it's so interesting. It seems like over the past several years, the people on the different, the different politicians on, on different sides, they come to where, like you said, they're they're pulling farther and farther apart. They don't work mm -hmm. together as very well anymore. And it seemed like growing up, back in when when we were young, it was like they respected one another. They may mm -hmm. have a few differences here and there, mm -hmm. maybe about where to spend money, put it toward mm -hmm. this program or that program or, or whatnot. But now it seems like if one they they can't both be for something. If one, even if you take something good, if one is for it, the other one almost has to be against it. Mm -hmm. Even if it's something positive and mm -hmm. good and would help everybody. Or if there's something really bad, um, you know, and someone is dead set against it, the other one, the other side almost feels like, well, we have to be for it just because yeah. they're against it, mm -hmm. even if it's a bad deal for everybody. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they do. It's, it's, yeah, it can't be one or the other. And you and I probably sit on different aisles. And that's okay. And we're sitting here with love and respect. And I call—I consider you one of my very dear friends, and I would never hurt you for nothing in the world. And I don't. And we could be total strangers, and I would still feel the same way. You know, I just don't feel people feel that way. That compassion is either my way or no way. Like you said, it's—it's. It's, well, we're for it. You know, so we have to be against it. You know, that's and and it's not that way. That's supposed to be democracy. Right. We're supposed to be able to discuss things. We're supposed to be able to sit across the aisle from each other and be kind. You know, it's like lawyers, they go into a, a courtroom and they tear each other apart and they walk out of that law room and they go, hey, let's go have lunch. Yeah. You know, they get it. They get it. It's a case. It's, it's their, right. they're defending, it's their case. And I think if we look at things just because we're defending one thing or the other thing or we're whatever our cause is, don't mean we can't leave that courtroom and say, hey, let's go have lunch. I agree with you, and I wish it was more that way with, with everybody, the way it used to be. Because of the profession that you and I are both in, we we have friends that are lawyers mm -hmm. and judges. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting to watch them interact, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Because they will literally, like you said, rip each other apart in a courtroom. But then they'll all go out to lunch with the judge uh -huh. sometimes, mm -hmm. you know, because they understand their role. Uh -huh. They're doing their job in that courtroom. When they get out of that courtroom, they understand. They understand their role. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the key word. And we do that in therapy all the time. Therapists will come in and they will say, stay in your own lane. What's your role in the family? What's your role here? What's your role at work? What's your role? So we always tell everybody, what's your role? You know, be your best at your role, you know, and stay where you're at and not try to focus on what someone's doing in their role, you know. So that's a key word, stay in, knowing their role. Stay in your role. Stay in your lane. I really like that. Yeah, try to stay in your lane sometimes. All right. We're going to take a short break, and 
when we come back, uh, I want to visit with you a little bit more on the depression, anxiety, but kind of that isolation and self-absorption okay. of social media. We'll be right back. circles and today we're talking about social media and mental health and Jimmy there is a there's kind of an issue out there where a lot of people who are depressed or have a lot of anxiety and they kind of get isolated a lot of times they use their social media platforms as a security blanket and it kind of uh, and we'll talk about this a little bit more but it kind of causes an unhealthy cycle uh, as you use your social media you kind of it heightens the, um, the the depression and the anxiety level and it keeps you even more isolated and you kind of get on that downward spiral uh-huh. you sure can I mean like <clears throat> you get on your social media and if you're down and out and you've had a bad day and you go home I mean it's easier just to stay home and be on social media because I'm interacting that way and keeping up with people I mean, it used to, you would have to go, I mean, you could go home and you isolated and you sat, sat in a room. And so you ha- we have this image of someone saying they're all alone at home. So now they're on social media, you know. No one takes the time to get out to to even build their exercise. You know, people don't even get out and exercise anymore because they sit there they get so addicted. You know, you see those things addicted to watching that social media part. So we don't have that socialization skills that we used to have, you know, even our communication skills. And so we go home and we self-isolate um, and we get on social media and we lay there. And before you know it, you're laying there for 10, only get out for 10 minutes. Well, then 10 minutes turns to 30, then 30 turns to an hour. And pretty soon you're there for two hours. And the usage on the social media, um, you know, you can also do yourself, you know, you um, self-absorb within your own self. But you also set down what you're reading. Um, it, I think you take it in so much more, you take it so much more personal. You know, uh, are the comments and stuff we were talking about earlier in our first segment about how they affects that on you. So you take someone who's self-isolating and they're reading all this, um, I don't know, all this stuff on social media, you know, and then you start taking it personal. You know, uh, and, and, and rightfully so to a point, but at the same time, when you're interacting with someone on social media, how do you know what they're hiding behind that screen? Who do you know who you're talking to behind that screen? What are they going through? You know, you really have to read between the lines, so to speak, when you're on social media. It's really interesting because sometimes people really put their life out there uh-huh. at times, and other times they really hide it, and you think, you know, someone's perfectly happy in there, and they're very lonely. Uh-huh. They're really having a lot of struggle. Um, you, t- you talked a little <coughs> bit about the self-absorption. Uh, I have friends, and it's almost comical to the point that they are constantly sharing endless selfies. Oh my God, yes. And it's almost like the it's unhealthy with how much they're self-centered on themselves. Uh-huh. I mean, they'll take a picture of themselves in front of a mirror looking at themselves while they're lifting weights or uh-huh. they're drinking Gatorade or whatever the case may be. A picture of their dinner. 
Okay, I mean, honestly, does anybody really care what you're having for dinner? Well, you know, I post at the brew house. I post there, there <laughs> my dinner I eat there because I'm trying to promote the the um, uh, business. But yeah, like really, you, I, I know what you're talking about, though. I, I, there's people on there. So are they really self-absorbed? So are they becoming narcissists? Are we sitting here creating a world of where the world revolves around me? Or are we like creating, uh, or we have such so low self-esteem that we all need to be knocking on your door because you're so far down in depression that you have to get your, how many likes you get. People watch that. They watch, I only got five likes. I only got 10 likes. Oh, did, did I not look good in this picture? You know, and so they thrive off the likes and the comments. And so it's, and they do everything they do. I, I hear, take a picture. Here I am. Here I am. You know, I, I don't want people to know that much about me. My God, you know, <laughs> I'm like, I'm not that exciting, but, um, you know, my private life, I like to keep somewhat a little bit private. You know, I, I'm proud of my grandkids and I post a lot of them on there because I'm, I'm so proud. But, and then I get thinking, wow, are people tired of looking at my grandkids? You know? Um, but then I think, yeah, I'm doing it for me. I like seeing them and I like looking at them and I want to share that. But I know what you're talking about. I know what you're talking about, about, oh, look at me. I, I'm, I'm lifting this one weight. I'm looking so great. Great. You're looking great. We're proud of you. But when is what, when it's unhealthy? Right. We don't need to see a daily update. Yeah. Yeah. It's not how things are going. I think what's interesting, some people have called it FOMO. Yeah. It's an acronym stands for fear of missing out, F-O-M-O, fear of missing out, FOMO. And really, that's been a long, that's been around a lot longer than social media has existed. That's just, I think I was FOMO when I was in school. I was a social <laughs> butterfly. I wanted to know where the party was at. So exactly. I may have been FOMO. But that in and of itself affects somebody's self-esteem and it triggers anxiety. Oh my gosh, somebody's having a party without me. They don't like me. Uh, exactly. I mean, I think all, all people do that, especially kind of started usually it starts when you're like in your preteens teens and but some people never really get out of that um but now some people never grow up is that what you're saying some people are still high school it's what i call the peter pan syndrome yeah we have that they never go grow up Uh and but with social media again it's like and i've watched my kids do it and and i try not to do it because i I caught myself getting into Mm -hmm. that habit you can't go more than a few minutes without picking up your phone and, and, and checking. And you, you kind of alluded to that uh, a moment ago whenever you talked about the fact that, you know, you're missing out on sleep at night. You're uh-huh. missing that connection with your family. I took a picture. I'm going to tell my own family. Um, the other day, I was in the floor playing with my four-year-old grandson. And we were playing with his trucks and his cars and his dinosaurs and everything. And I happened to look up, and there were four other adults in the house, in the living room at the time. Every single one of them, and I stood up and took a picture of them. They all, what I call, had their nose in their phone. Uh-huh. All four of them had their phones out and were staring at it at the time. And I just thought, you know, guys, you guys are missing us playing. This is a cute memory that he's doing down here, and you're uh-huh. missing it because you're seeing it what some stranger is saying. And you're a media guy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And it's hard for me because being in media, I mean, I I have clients and I post to their Facebook and social media pages every day. And I go monitor constantly. If anything is positive, negative, whatever's written about them, I get it my phone and my computer beeps all night, every night. 
And, you know, it's the first thing I try to do because that's part of my job. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's why I don't like to do it for myself so much is because it's almost like work. By the time I get done doing everybody else's, I don't want to mess with it. But, you know, even in therapy, though, we have families that come in here. And believe it or not, part of our parenting program that we have to use now is putting up the cell phone. And so we will give homework, like, to the families, the mother therapists and stuff. Well, they will give homework to their clients of um, putting a basket out at dinner time, and everybody has to put their phone on, you know, outside. Maybe the, the parents don't or whatever, but you have to go put your phone in the basket and at least go down and sit and have dinner without a cell phone, without it being stuck in your face while you're trying to eat dinner. Because remember, growing up, that was the time that everybody said, how was your day? How was school? How was work today? That was the time that everybody interacted and kind of got to know, how was the ball game? Or you have a ball game this week. It's kind of a time that you exchange with your family. And now that we have that, or even when you go to restaurants and you have dinner with somebody, you can't catch up with them because they're too busy in the phone sitting there. And that drives me crazy. You know, put your phone away. Um, you know, I, I, we need to start treating the phone as if we did whenever, um, yeah, we have access easier to us, but especially when you're driving and stuff, put, keep your phone if you're a woman, keep your phone in your purse. And if someone calls you, you know, if you have Bluetooth, great. If you don't, Call them when you stop, you know, let's not kill nobody, you know, with text messaging and driving, you know, that's another whole nother, you know, segment that you could do on, but, um, you're right, I mean, and we have to start having, um, family conversations more, friend conversations more, we're missing out on communication. I think the dinner time conversation, I mean, you're talking a half an hour to devote to Mm -hmm. full concentration on your family and your loved ones. Mm -hmm. Is your family, and this is what I would ask, is your family worth half an hour of your time? That's a good, that's a good question. Yeah. You know, and then your children, you know, and mom and dad sitting there with the, the phone in their, their face and, and the kids are sitting there, you know, and like you're, they're missing out on that great memory, but we're also missing out on teaching them things where they're, we're not getting to tell these generational stories. And, and as Native Americans, especially, you know, we're storytellers and we pass our history down through stories. You know, my grandma, Kate Five, you know, she was a Cherokee storyteller. And so a lot of, and I, and that's not just because of her, but your mom and your grandma, I know your grandma, I love your grandma, and they had stories, and they would tell us stories about, I could tell, you know, your grandma or your mom would tell us stories about when she was younger, I remember, I think it was your grandpa, her, her dad, that was a musician, and so they would all go play music, and Sparky would play music, so we hear all these wonderful stories, and, and that's, that's the beauty of thing, it's like reading, except it's being told to us. And we're missing out on all that because we're too busy on social media worried about Susie Q wearing a new pair of jeans today. Right. I, I think it's so interesting. And, in fact, as tribal people, a lot of the smaller tribes, uh, you know, we're trying to push the history projects and get the stories mm-hmm. out there from the elders because our elders are dying off and we're losing it. Mm-hmm. Right. People in all sorts of cultures, not just the Native American cultures, but I see it because we, we're in Indian country and I see uh-huh. it more prevalent here. But people are losing their cultures because they're missing out on the opportunities to spend quality time with their elders. So, and that, yeah, they're, they're losing that opportunity. But it's the same thing we talked about in our first segment is that we have people out here that are um, too busy, like on your social media and the trauma and their sphere. They're scared, oh, well, if I, if I bring out my culture, then I, am I going to be hated on? You know, there's no, we're, we're creating, a, you know, these last, how many, I'll say a decade, I'll just put it out there, that we're so divided, whites, blacks, Hispanics, Latinos, 
for you know that unity and that's great we want to be a melting pot america's been a melting pot our whole since we were kids um, or way before us when it came across we've got to respect each other's culture and we got to do that by getting those stories out there and it starts at home it starts with putting down your phone listen to grandma and grandpa listen to your elders listen to your parents you know, us listening back to them and their day in and day out of change of life and embrace change, but also bring in your culture. I think that's so true. Bring in your culture and be willing to listen to other people's cultures, too, and respect theirs as much as you want them to respect your own. Yeah. That's how we learn. Yeah. That's how we learn about the world. I mean, America is so unique in that, you know, when I've gone to Europe and places like that, it's... The history is so far down, you know, mm -hmm. it goes so far back. Mm -hmm. But here in America, we think 150 years ago was a long time ago, and that's nothing compared to some of the countries in Europe and Asia and Africa, the mm -hmm. other continents. And I think it's very interesting to, that we need to be aware of, of our cultures and and yeah. our ancestors and their stories. Wouldn't it be awesome, though, just even to research with your children? And one of the things that, that a lot of therapists do on homework and stuff is family dinner time. You know, cook one of your own dishes that you make with your with your family, with your phones put up. And then maybe one next week, cook a, a meal, get recipes online, whatever, and then cook a, a, a meal from another culture. You know, something. And teach your kids. Like, wouldn't it be, if people would just put down the phones long enough, it'd be awesome. And the social media, and not just isolate, but interact within your own family. And if you don't have family to interact with, join groups, join clubs. Um, and not just like rely on social media, call them and hear their voice. You know, call them and hear that voice and talk to them. You know, people say, oh, I'll call them later, I'll call them later, or, or whatever. And because uh, I want to bring this back because it's very important. You know, that person sitting at home all by themselves, and they may be posting all kinds of positive stuff on Facebook or doing whatever, but, you know, how about picking up that phone and saying, hey, Randy, how are you doing today? Are you doing okay? You're doing great. I haven't heard from you in a while. Let's go have lunch sometime. You know, people miss out on that opportunities just to go have lunch yeah. or just to pick up the phone and say, hey, how are you doing today? I know you're a single person. You live by yourself, but we get so self-absorbed within our own that we forget to love thy neighbor. You know, you got to love your neighbors. If you don't know your neighbors, get to know a neighbor. I agree. I agree. Some of our neighbors are some of the most people that we can learn from the most, especially if they're an elderly person. Maybe they're a widow or a widower. Mm -hmm. if, and, you know, if you would just take the time to go visit with them. Mm -hmm. I know. I'll share this and then we have to wind down. But one of the, I had a, an epiphany or a prompting or whatever you want to call it. But, um, there was there were several Thanksgivings ago that uh, my mom had a special recipe for something she made at, at Thanksgiving, and she got it from her grandmother. So it was Thanksgiving morning. My folks were at my house with my family, and my wife was cooking, and my mom was you know there talking visiting with her, and I said, "Mom, I want you to make your dumplings, but I want you to teach Aurora. That's my youngest daughter." Uh -huh. So I went and got Aurora out of her room, brought her in, and had her sit with her grandma and learn the recipe of her grandma's grandma of how to make this. And I actually video recorded it. Oh. And now my mom's been gone almost four years, and Aurora's growing up and getting ready to enter college. But that video was so priceless. 
Did she still make the dumplings? Yes. My mom passed away, and Aurora, my daughter Aurora, is now the official dumpling maker at Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And it probably helps her heal with her yeah. with her grandma being passed away that she still has right. and validates grandma. She is carrying on that family tradition. Healthy, yes. That family recipe of her great great grandmother's recipe, mm-hmm. and it, it helps her connect with the past. It helps her heal. And while looking forward to the future. Yeah, and she's going to pass that on, and she's going to pass that on, and the stories, the culture, mm-hmm. the healing process, it's a beautiful thing. Be healthy. Be healthy. Yeah. All right. Well, we want to thank everybody for joining us. Jimmy, thanks for your time today. Yeah, thank you. Everybody, uh, limit your screen time. Some experts say that children need to limit their screen time to no more than one or two hours a day. Yeah, adults, limit yours too. Kids don't want to see their parents' nose in the, in the, in the phone all the time. No, nope. set the good example. Out there, social media can be a good thing if it's used properly, just like everything else. So, until next time, thank you for joining us and be sure and join us again for Talking Circle, sponsored by Echota Behavioral Health. <laughs>